Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com, uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I, I'm very well. We've been talking about what incredibly mild weather we've had. Now, the rain is on, is, has arrived and certainly the cold weather has, has, is starting to arrive. More normal temperatures for this time of year. But it's been incredible for the month of October, hasn't it? I mean, 19 degrees yesterday. I, like even there when you're saying and now the cold weather is beginning to it's not cold yet it's far from it like considering we're the 20th of October and it's yeah it's like as you say it's been 19 and 20 regularly for the last week uh, and yeah I, it, I don't know what to say it's just like the things like and it's bulb planting season but I, just a note of caution to people I wouldn't be planting spring flowering bulbs like tulips and daffodils and all those kind of things I wouldn't be planting them yet because you're they're just the, the, bulb won't know, the bulb will think it's spring with these temperatures so you want to hold off uh, it's going to also lead to things like uh, spring flowering plants flowering now, if you like. So so some rhododendrons and camellias, I've already seen a couple of them, and magnolias, you'll see them throwing up blooms now, totally at the wrong time of the year, but they, they think it's springtime, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah, but we, we'll, we'll take the mild weather for as long as we can get it for sure. OK, let's go straight yeah. into uh, questions. I have a gristalinia hedge, two years old, two feet tall, set in two different places. Uh, but the other one on the other side is four feet tall. What is wrong? Why would one only go to two feet and one has gone to four feet? It's a difficult question to answer specifically, obviously, because I haven't seen it and I don't know the garden. But the, like general uh, answers to that would be the environment. So uh, the environment could be like, is it more exposed to the wind? And I suspect one of these things, if not all, will be true. So is it more exposed to the wind, the one that's lower? So it's being what's called wind pruned. Uh, the soil might be slightly worse. It might be it might be a better soil in the good area and the, in the area that's doing well. Uh, and the third thing is it might be less sunny. So sunlight, wind, and soil. So they're environmental factors that you'd look at. Um, if there's nothing, if there's no sign of disease or disorder of the plant, then you 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 wouldn't worry. It's just some environmental factor. And if there is browning or any sign of disease on the on the leaf, but they don't say that, so I imagine there isn't. But if there was, then it could be something else, obviously. But if it's just that it's it's it seems fine and green and healthy, but it's just growing at a, sm- a lower rate, a, a, a slower rate, well then it's an environmental factor. In fact, I was down at a. A beautiful site there recently down uh, in Crossaven, right on the Atlantic Ocean, and lovely Grisselinia hedge uh, on one of the boundaries. But it's about 
I don't know how many years it is, but it should be much bigger than what it is. But it's a really thick, healthy hedge. But it's not half as high as what it should be, and that's just because it's exposed Where it to, is. to the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marie in Kilbritton has a six-year-old maple acer tree with purple leaves. For the last month, the leaves are covered in what she describes as a silver-white coating, which doesn't rub off. Most of the leaves, which she says were a bit sparse this year, have fallen off. Any advice on what it could be and how to prevent it in the future? Yeah, well, it it could be, and it sounds to me like it's it's very possibly a type of mildew, um, or some so, some similar fungal infection. That's most likely what it is. <coughs> now, with an acer, they're deciduous, and when it comes to deciduous uh, trees and shrubs and leaf problems, I'm, I I never I never panic because um, while while it is suffering, it has some kind of a disease. It is going to drop its leaves, so. Uh, and the important thing then is to remove the leaves. Like that's not to say you, you you need to dump them anywhere else, but just remove them away from that tree so those fungal spores don't get back into the root system. You can certainly compost them and turn them into leaf mold. I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, but uh, uh, so they're going to come off. So I wouldn't take any action now. So come next spring, say March, April time, of what we call bud burst, which is when those dormant leaf buds spring back into action and the whole thing starts again. The magic comes up from the soil and the leaves come out and it all goes again. Well, at that time. Uh, and this is the this is the wonder of gardening. You can't give a specific date to it. It might be the start of April. It might be the end of April, depending on temperatures. Um, that's the time to give it a drench with the the my go-to for for these leaf problems, which is the copper sulfate. So a, a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water at that time of the year when the first leaves are opening, uh, drench it with copper sulfate mixed with water. The the plant, the acer, and the the soil around it. The only the only thing to bear in mind here is don't do it on a very very sunny day because it could scorch the plant. But a normal kind of a, a normal Irish day, dare I say, you should be fine. Uh, and then you're preventing it. The, the, the copper sulfate works as a, a broad spectrum organic fungicide. Um, so it offers a good range of cover. It's much easier to prevent plants like this getting sick in the first place than it is to try and fix it when they get it. So for now, I would do nothing. Just remove any of the diseased leaves once they fall uh, and in the spring uh, treat it. Okay, and Marie from Kilbritton also says, would you have any advice on how to stop birds slash rabbits from rooting up recently planted bulbs? Would birds root up recently planted bulbs? Yeah, they would, certainly would, they oh. certainly would. So, <coughs> yeah, uh, it's a particular problem with things like onion sets, as you can imagine, Trish. Uh, they, and they probably don't like the onions, they just go out out of curiosity. Um, so if you're doing something like onions, and I'm not suggesting that you would necessarily do this with your bulbs because it probably won't be practical, but you could suspend a net a bit above them. Uh, and as, But obviously enough, that probably won't be practical in this solution, particularly if bulbs are, are through existing planting. Um, so the birds are more of a problem. The, the rabbits, you, you, you have a few, a few weapons in the arsenal, if you want to call them that, uh, in that mowed grass. So the grass clippings that you collect in the, the bucket on your lawnmower, if you put them around the, the, on top of where you planted the bulbs, the rabbits won't go near it because obviously rabbits will feed on grass, but they won't feed on mowed grass because it's too dense and it'll choke them. They can't digest it and they, 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 they know that, so their instinct tells them not to, so they stay away from it. So that would fix... Do you know what? I was saying that would fix the rabbits, but I'm not sure about the birds. But of course, that'll help with the birds as well because the birds won't see the bulbs. Mm. So uh, I would say just get some grass mowings, put them over it. Uh, but the important thing is don't put it too heavy. You don't, don't want too much of it because it'll lead to, you know, lawn mowings. If you put them down too heavy, they just turn into a sodden mass and you don't want that either. So just maybe about an inch of lawn mowings across on top of them and that should help. Rose wants to plant a box hedge, but people are saying, oh, don't get box hedge, it'll get blight and now is not the right time at the moment. Advice, please. 
Well, box hedge is susceptible, obviously, to box blight. Um, however, th- there's a couple of things I would say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that stop me planting it. Absolutely not, uh, because if it gets box blight, it's quite treatable. Right, it was it was when it when it first hit the it came on the scene about twenty years ago. Now, it was thought to be the end of box hedging, and you can imagine, particularly in England, Trish, with all their the, the great gardens, if you like, and the the formal gardens with the box hedging and their yeah, box balls. Yeah, famous for a them. lot of them. Yeah, and a lot of them were wiped out, um, and the fear was they'd all be wiped out. But as time has gone on, um, and as we're we're all experts now on kind of disease control and and things like that, but as time has gone on. Uh, it has built up, number one, a certain resistance to the blight, but also there are, the copper sulphate, which I mentioned earlier, is proving very effective in the treatment of it. And there's a thing called top buxus, which is a, another treatment for it, which is very, very effective. So uh, it's all about keeping it healthy in the first place. It is susceptible to box blight, but I certainly wouldn't let that stop me yeah, planting it, them. Just you be put, careful that you get clean plants day one. Particularly wanted. Sheila has a problem with black spots on her patio. What would you recommend to remove black spots on a patio? I, I, I would refer that one to my, my, my old friend, Gerard Doody, who we've mentioned many times in your programme, Trish, Back yeah. to Black. He's yeah. up there in, 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 in North Cork. And he, he will, when it comes to markings on patios and things like that, He's as opposed to me suggesting something that might corrode the stone, depending on what it is. I know there is Algon, which I think is an Irish product, which is an algicide and it's organic. Um, that, that may work, but I would certainly get on to, to Back to Black and ask for his advice. Yeah, Anne, I think, has a common problem. She wants, she wants to know when should she cut back her roses. The problem is she'd normally be doing them around now, but there's roses still on them. And she says she can even see a few more still coming out. And a lot of people are saying the same thing. Well, that's not a problem, Anne. Enjoy them. Enjoy the yeah. rose blooms as they bring you into November, maybe even December. Enjoy them. Uh, your window for cutting them back is really any time from now until the end of February. I do like to have mine done before the end of February in case we get a spurt of new growth in March. Um, but that leaves you a few months. So absolutely, I would leave them on. Enjoy the blooms that are there now uh, and cut them back whenever we, the, the, the temperatures drop significantly and there's no more flowers. Mike in Bantry has, is it Astelia? Astelia Silver Spear. He has three of them. He said, I'm living in a microclimate surrounded by trees in West Cork. Do I need to use fleece netting to protect them in the wintertime? I'm I'm going to hesitate. I am hesitating, as you can see, before I answer that. I'm I'm going to say probably not, but I mean, probably as a qualified because it depends on how cold it gets and how low the temperatures drop so and and how how protected he is in this microclimate um so you know they're not that tender they are a bit tender but like normal irish winter even if it got to minus three four and five i would expect them to be fine if we get a you know an extreme like the beast from the east or what we got in 2010 when it hit minus 19 uh, then obviously you, you need to protect everything uh, but in a normal irish winter and if you're protected enough with the trees i would say you should be safe enough but if we're getting specific nights or specific period of time where it's going less than minus five or something like that i would put fleece around them in that instance yes helen ha- wants to know about her geraniums they're out in pots outside her back door can she leave them out for the winter she has what she describes as a good wide perspect carport or should she be bringing them into the garage for the winter months I would say the carport would be absolutely perfect. All they need is some physical protection from the frost, and the roof of the carport would give them that. Um, they're they're frost tender. A lot of these pelargoniums or geraniums, the, which means if we get a serious frost, it'll kill them. I'm I'm a lazy gardener, Trish. In that, 
uh, my geraniums stay out year after year and my frost tender fuchsias tend to stay out year after year uh, um, and they you know nine years out of ten they'd come on I'm always taking cuttings of them so I always have new ones ready to go anyway uh, but uh, the, the, the answer to the question is the carport should be fine Therese has peppers growing in her porch well done Therese will they grow away throughout the winter she wants to know no, you should be. They should be harvestable now, uh, and the, the, that once they've given you the harvest, then that's it. And then Mary, who's who describes herself as from the Wild West, says, "Hi, Peter. I've successfully rooted hydrangea and Chilean lantern. I've potted them up individually now, and don't know if I can leave them outside, or do I need to put them in during the winter months? Enjoy listening to your slot every week, Mary from well, the Wild you, West. Mary from the Wild West. Yeah, yeah." Um, I know a few Marys from the Wild West. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? The the hydrangea slips would be absolutely fine outside, no problem at all. Uh, and like we need to trust nature, we need to leave a lot of things to nature. I was actually talking with Dahi on the Today Show recently and about bulbs, and he was saying, should I keep them in once I've planted the pot full of them? And I said, no, you you know, trust in nature, it'll be fine. Leave them outside. So the hydrangeas will be fine as well. The Chilean, um, what did she call the Chilean? Chilean, where's it gone now? Um, lantern, was Lantern, it? yeah, Chilean lantern. Yeah, you see, see, it depends, because that's a common name, there's a few things that that could be. So it could be Embothrium, which is the Chilean flame tree, or it could be, uh, what is it, Crinodendron, which is uh, called the Chinese lantern tree. So depending on which one it is, if it's the Embothrium, you might want to be a bit careful uh, if it was getting cold, if it's the crinodendron, I'd say you'd be absolutely fine. So my gut would tell Mary in the Wild West to leave them all out for the winter and they should be fine. But if it is going to get very, very cold, maybe have a roll of fleece to hand just to put over over the, the, Chilean, frame, the Chilean lantern ones. OK, well, we'll leave it there. Listen, enjoy your week and we'll chat next week. Thanks, Trish. Talk okay, then. OK, take, take care. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.